Welcome to Jiri Snacks, snackable episodes about the Jiri exam and graduate school admissions. I'm Tyler, founder of Achievable, and we have an affordable Jiri course that uses memory-based adaptive learning technology to optimize your memory and get you better results in less time. You can try it out for free by visiting achievable.me, and if you like it, use the code podcast to get 10% off. And if you have a question or topic you'd like us to discuss in a future episode, please contact me at tyler at achievable.me with the subject line podcast topic. Now let's get started. Today I've got Caroline Diarty Edwards from Fortuna Admissions online with us. And Caroline, I'd love if you could tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Thank you, Tyler. Um, so I am one of the co-founders at Fortuna Admissions. So we are a team of admissions coaching coaches advising candidates applying to business schools. So most of our clients are applying to full-time MBA programs. We also work with people applying to EMBA programs, so executive MBA programs, masters in management, masters in finance. Um, And I was head of admissions at INSEAD, um, so one of the top international MBA programs. I worked at INSEAD for seven Mm -hmm. years as head of admissions and Uh, I also am a graduate of INSEAD, so I did my MBA there in 2003. Um, And as you may be able to hear, I'm originally from the UK. Um, I've lived in a lot of different countries, um, but right now I'm based in the Bay Area in California. Great. Well, thank you. And so today we're going to be talking about the difference between U.S. and international business schools, right? And which one's the right fit for you. And as someone who was at INSEAD, you probably are pretty familiar with international business schools and particularly probably the different reputations between the top schools. Um, and I am curious, just like broad strokes, right? Like what what is the most important difference between any of the top international schools and any of the top U.S. schools? Right. Yeah. Well, so before we get into differences, I, I think it's important to talk about the similarities as well. Um, because sure. there are a lot of commonalities. And, you know, INSEAD, where I worked, was founded about 70 years ago by a group of former professors from Harvard Business School whose vision was to recreate HBS in Europe. And um, they mm-hmm. came up with a, um, a they, they reformulated the MBA program with the aim of, of providing a one year uh, MBA experience and and with the goal of bringing together a very international group of of students. Um, but the goal was mm. from the beginning to provide um, that level of education. And so, you know, if you go to a top international school like Intel or like London Business School or like um, Oxford Business School, or, you know, some of the other international business schools, um, you will mm-hmm. get the same. Um, quality of education that you will get at a top US business school. Um, And there are many commonalities in the curriculum. So the foundational curriculum, the core curriculum, you'll be covering the same bases in the US as you will at an international program. So you will be learning um, the fundamentals of accounting, of marketing, of organizational behavior, of strategy, et cetera, et cetera. so you will find, um, you know, a lot of similarities in the academic experience. Of course, different schools then have different options. So different schools will have um, different electives. Um, and uh, and so that's something to explore when you're thinking about where to go, where you want to apply. 
um, some schools have um, a focus and, and and give you the ability to focus on 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 different specialities where you in this in the latter part of your MBA program where you start to choose courses. Um, um, but also, you know, even in the electives, there are many commonalities. So, you know, all business schools will have electives on topics like negotiations or taking you further down the road into finance or into strategy and so on. So there are a lot of similar similarities in the curriculum. So I think that's important to keep in mind and in the quality of the faculty. So um, there's a lot of international mobility in the um, the faculty. And, and so you will see um, international faculty teaching in the US as you will see international faculty teaching at the international schools. Um, and so, you know, a similar quality um, of, of, um, of, of professors teaching at those schools. Um, and then also, you know, recruiters, you will have similar re recruiting opportunities. So top recruiters, whether they are investment banks or technology companies, mm -hmm. management consultants, they recruit from the top international schools as they do from the top in the top US schools. Um, now, a difference will be that they will be recruiting for different offices, right? So if they're recruiting from the top US schools, they'll be recruiting largely for the US offices, whereas if they're recruiting from the international schools, they'll be recruiting less for the US offices and more for um, Europe or for the Middle East or for Asian offices. Um, now, another commonality is that um, schools are very selective, and so um, you will be in a peer group of um, fellow students who are high achievers like you, and who will come from a lot of different backgrounds. Um, so that's true whether you go to mm -hmm. the US um, to study or whether you study at an international school. So um, the schools, all of these schools are looking to craft a classroom of students who come from diverse backgrounds um, because that really enriches the learning experience for the students um, to have a lot of different perspectives that that um, come together that enriches the classroom discussion and a lot of the MBA experience is about peer-to-peer -peer learning it's about it's about the classroom discussion it's about the teamwork it's about working on projects together um, in fact, sometimes students joke that, you know, they actually learn more from each other than they learn from the faculty. So, um, uh, you know, having that diverse cohort is really important. And you will see that um, in, in terms of, you know, the, the rich diversity of professional backgrounds that people have, whether you are studying in the US or whether you are studying at an international school. So there's a lot of similarities. Um, then diving into mm -hmm. the differences. Um, I mean, the key difference is that mm -hmm. uh, if you're studying in the US, the large majority of the students will be US um, citizens. Um, they, some of the schools do have a significant international cohort as well. So, for example, Columbia um, Business School um, being in New York, you know, attracts a lot of international students. Um, but still, uh, the majority right. is um, US. Um, and if you go and study at a school like in yeah, Seattle, London, way more than 50%, right? Yes, that's right. And if you if you go and study at a school like in Seattle, London Business School, there's typically about 80 different nationalities, 
typically no individual nationality represents about 10, more than 10% of the classroom. So that's a very different feel because there's no dominant nationality, no dominant culture. And so a big part of the experience there is about being in this incredible melting pot of cultures with people who are from literally all over the world and where mm -hmm. um, everyone has this equal platform where every um, perspective is equally valued. And, you know, the feedback I've had from students and also from faculty who've taught, um, for, so faculty or students who've studied at both the um, US schools versus the international schools is that, um, you know, whilst there are many virtues to studying in the US and the US schools are um, outstanding in many dimensions, um, you do uh, get less diversity of perspective because you don't have that international diversity that you have at the top international schools. Um, and even though you have, you may have a significant representation, you know, significant minority of people who've come from different countries, they don't necessarily feel empowered in the same way um, to speak up with a different perspective because there is a dominant culture in the classroom. Um, and mm -hmm. in an environment where there is no dominant culture and there is no dominant nationality, they, it can um, give rise to more um, diversity of perspective. And that can actually be quite challenging for both the students and the faculty. And I've heard from faculty that it's actually harder to teach at a school like um, one of the top international schools than it is to teach in the US because you have so many different perspectives firing at you from all directions that it can be harder to guide the discussion and sort of and to um, bring the group to a conclusion because there are um, you know there's 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 just so many different um, ideas and ways of seeing things right and so that can be mm -hmm. a blessing and it can be a curse sometimes for the faculty of trying to trying to facilitate that 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 discussion um but i think you know that's that's a key difference to keep in mind um and you know we, we touched also on recruitment so you'll have similar recruiters employers coming to recruit on campus um but you will have opportunities to work in different places depending on where you study. So if you are completely focused on working in the US, then you're probably better off studying at one of the top US schools because the recruiters will be focused on recruiting um, for opportunities here in the US. But if you're interested in getting an international experience and working outside of the US, um, then it's a great idea to go to one of the international programs because the recruiters like McKinsey, like Amazon, et cetera, will be going to those international programs to recruit for offices like Singapore, um, like Dubai, like London, like Amsterdam. Um, and they'll be looking to fill those mm -hmm. international um, uh, offices from those international programs. And so, those international schools tend to be a springboard where students are going into um, countries all around the world. Um, and and um, whereas the US programs tend to feed um, their graduates into 
the US market, which is obviously a very big market, but people are saying more domestically, whereas with the international programs, um, people are going uh, and mm -hmm. working in a number of countries, not necessarily, you know, if they, do, if they go to London Business School, they're not necessarily staying in the UK, right? They're going and working in a number of countries around the world. So it sounds like a lot of the uh, question really is about what you, where you want to live, right? Not just for the for the years that you're at school, but then also kind of afterwards. And, you know, what part of the cultures, like what culture you want to subscribe to more, right? Because even within the United States, there's a very big difference, say, between Stanford and Harvard and Columbia, because one of them is in Silicon Valley, one of them is in New York City, and one of them is in Cambridge. And then obviously, even between London Business School, INSEAD, and other schools, in the international arena, they're going to be very different culturally too. So a lot of it has to do with your sort of what alignment you're pursuing in, in the short term and in the long term. Yes, that's absolutely right. And I think that's important for, for candidates to think about. Um, so, so for candidates who are really focused on the US and don't see themselves working outside of the US in the future, I think it's better to go to a US program, honestly, than to go to an international MBA. Um, but for candidates mm -hmm. who have a real desire to be internationally mobile in the future, then then it's a great idea to go to an international program. Um, sometimes I speak to candidates in the US who have um, spent most of their life in the US and then think, you know, well, I'm going to come back to the US and my career will be here in the future, but I would love to go and spend a year or two in Europe while I do my MBA and I'll come back here afterwards. And so they're thinking about it as, well, that's a great opportunity to get a wonderful life experience of living in Barcelona or living in Paris while I do my MBA. Um, and I would actually right. discourage them from doing that because if their idea is to just get their life experience and have a lovely time living in Europe, but then they want to come back and live in the US and they have no interest really working outside of the US, post MBA, then they're probably just better off doing their MBA in the US, right? So it, it's the value of doing an international MBA is really if you see an international dimension in your career post MBA. Um, because also, you know, as you say, those schools, um, you know, even in, in the US, right? You know, if you go to Stanford, you have an incredible network, particularly in Silicon Valley, right? And um, mm -hmm. and a huge proportion of the Stanford graduates stay here in the Bay Area. Um, and, uh, and so you need to think about where your alumni network is going to be concentrated. And if you go to an international MBA, mm -hmm. the wonderful thing is that you have, um, if you're internationally mobile, the wonderful thing is that you have an international network all around the world. But if you're not internationally mobile, then maybe that's not terribly relevant to you, right? Um, so right. as I mentioned, you know, I've lived in a number of countries. I studied at INSEAD. It's been fantastic that, you know, when I wanted to get a job in Indonesia, I was able to knock on the door of the Indonesian INSEAD alumni and they were all super helpful and they all gave me advice and opened doors for me and I was able to get a great job there. Um, my husband did his M MBA at, at Stanford and you know, we've lived in, as I said, together, we've lived in different places and um, he wasn't able to leverage his network so much while we were outside of the US. Now, of course, now we're back in California and yeah, it's fantastic. You know, all of his old friends are still here. 
so he's got uh you know an unparalleled network here in in the bay area um uh but right um, and, and that is sort of the classic uh upside of an mba program right like i think that you're you're you will learn a lot and i think there are, is definitely like a salary growth opportunity but at the end of the day those are things that mm, maybe arguably with two years of work experience instead you can kind of get similar similar gains um but with an mba program you're really going to see uh, a network that you would never otherwise get right um, yeah and i feel like thinking about that and the position of it is going to and like both by location and by industry i think is really important yes i agree and i think it's sometimes something that candidates don't um they, they don't spend enough time delving into before they decide where they want to apply and it, it's absolutely mm -hmm. true that in the long term i think that's what pays the most dividends is the network that you're part of it's it's you know it's a fantastic um group that you can always rely on that you can always tap into it's a great uh in some ways it's like a safety net it gives people the opportunity to be able to take a risk because they know that if something in their professional life doesn't work out then they've got a great network of people who think the world of them who are ready to step up and help them if they you know if things come crashing down and they need to they need to figure out a plan b right so um having that network is is a huge asset that that pays dividends throughout your life yeah and so what other than you know the location the network and where you want to work is there anything else that you feel like people should be thinking about when they're deciding between us or international business programs um yeah i mean the the main thing is you know, where do you want to be post MBA? I mean, the, the other consideration is that the schools can be looking for slightly different things. So the international MBA programs are typically looking for people who have demonstrated an interest in countries and cultures outside of their home country and have spent probably some significant time outside of their home country. Um, and so most students at these schools have spent some time studying or working outside of their home country. So that's a consideration because unfortunately, sometimes it means that um, candidates who would like to go to a top international school find that it's going to be actually quite difficult for them because they don't have the, the profile that the schools are looking for. Right. And at the end of the day, um, it's also just important to be applying to places that you can get into, even if, you know, it, you maybe have an idealistic version of yourself. I, I guess maybe one last question. I don't know if this is relevant, which is why I just wanted to ask you, if you're going to INSEAD, do you need to at least show some interest in either France or the like some even conversational French language? Similar question for like the schools in Barcelona and other places where English is not the primary language. Yeah, that, that's a good question. And and so years ago, that used to be the case, um, but it, it it's not anymore. So, um, for example, within CIED, some students never set foot in France because there's the Singapore campus and um, you can complete your entire MBA program in Singapore without going to the Fontainebleau campus, although most people do participate in the campus exchange, and I would definitely encourage people to do that. 
Um, but INSEAD does have mm. a language policy. Um, and yes, that's a, that's another consideration, um, which can sometimes be, um, be a factor for native English speakers because you do have to have a working knowledge of a second language. And it doesn't have to be French or any particular language, but it, you do to enter the program, you mm. need to have a working knowledge, so an intermediate level of a second language. You don't have to have that by the time you apply. So in many cases, a candidate may have um, you know, studied a language in the past, they get admitted to the school and then they right. take a course to brush up or they spend some time in a country and take a language course to brush up before they before they join the program. And then you need to have a basic knowledge of a third language by the time you graduate. Uh, because the school does believe wow. that, um, you know, that language skills are valuable to an international career, right? To international mobility, to international mobility. Um, now for, for many INSEAD and London Business School and, you know, students attending these top international programs, um, that's, not a, that's not such a big issue because many of them are not native English speakers. And so if they're applying to these schools, course they have to have fluent English so they have their native language plus their fluent English so then they need um, at least for INSEAD a third uh, language to a basic level to graduate um, so it's not such a big hurdle so it tends to be a bit more of an issue with the native English speakers as unfortunately we native English speakers are often not as good at languages as non-native English speakers right. Um, well, it turns out that uh, most English speakers just like don't ever learn another language. Right. Yes, yes. I mean, like, versus almost everybody has to learn English at some point, right? So then they've already learned too. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, that so that that is sometimes um, uh, it, it can sometimes put people off, but I think that would be a shame because you know it's a great opportunity to brush up. A language that you may have learned in the past um and you know if you are going to be internationally mobile then it's it's great to have some language skills that go along with that right yeah no that sounds great <laughs> well thank you so much this has been jerry snacks hosted by tyler from achievable and with caroline drt edwards from fortuna admissions Achievable has a great online Jiri course, which you can try for free by visiting Achievable.me. And if you like it, be sure to use the code podcast to save 10%.